0: Welcome to On Course, the teaching ministry of Pastor Hart Ramsey, where we offer simple biblical insight into some of life's most pressing issues.
1: What have I told you that a lot of the pain and difficulty and adversity you're experiencing is simply God aligning your now so you could be prepared for your tomorrow?
0: Prepare for the next few minutes to be encouraged, enlightened, and inspired. Let's join Pastor Ramsey and get... On course.
1: And I want to give you some way practical advice tonight. And you don't have to do what I tell you to do. Just it's just advice. Amen. Amen. But I believe it's good advice and I believe it's gonna help you. One of the things that we as believers struggle with is we are prone to internalize everything. When Jesus talked about the Pharisees, he said that they that they uh they they strain a nap, they swallow a camel. He said, you, you, do, you do certain things in the law, but then you leave out what he called the weightier things of the law. And, but he makes a powerful statement. He said, you should have done this and not left the other undone. He was referring to internal and external things. He said, you should have taken care of internal business, but not to leave the external business undone or vice versa. And for many of us, uh, we are living passive lives uh, and our excuse is spiritually on the inside, we're doing good. I'm a spiritual person, but your life produces no fruit. You got it? Or you're still still living, defining your future or your present by what happened in your past. What that's doing to you is uh, everything you do, everything you reach for has to do with you trying to rectify your irreparable past. Let me clarify. Something happened to you in history It was a defining moment. It wasn't your whole life, but just a part of your life, just a part of your life. And you've taken that one moment and capsulized it and made it the whole mantra for your life. You're going to spend the rest of your life trying to overcome or outlive this one thing. And really, in the scope of things, that one thing was minor, but you've made it major. And you've, you've dedicated the rest of your life to outliving that one thing when that one thing was supposed to teach you one lesson. Wow. It was not supposed to define you.
0: you,
1: you, you then we get into the problem of trying to, trying to leap out of our past. And I want to show you some in, in, incredible things tonight. The Lord, we want to show you... Now, we talk, we've been talking about faith and meditation. And I want to show you how, how getting away from your past... Has to do with the lesson on meditation we've been talking about. How many you ready for the word tonight? In your Bible, go to the book of Jeremiah chapter 29. You already know who's standing to the left and to your right. you already prayed for them. You believe in God for good things to happen to them. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. The, the context of this verse, and I want to give you the context. matter of fact, put the New Living Translation on the screen so the saints maybe can follow me because I'm... I moved to, uh, for the sake of time, there's a big Hebrew word, the word is um, Makashabeth, and I don't want to start defining Hebrew words tonight Um, though though this word Makashabeth is a powerful and very important word um, I want to let the translators translate it for us that's the New Living Translation on the screen. Uh, The scripture reads from verse 10 Jeremiah 29 verse 10, this is what the Lord says, he's speaking to the children of Israel He said, you will be in Babylon for 70 years but then I will come and do for you all the good things I have promised and I will bring you home again. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. "they are plans for good and not for disaster. To give you a future and a hope. In those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. I will be found by you, says the Lord. I will end your captivity and restore your fortunes. I will gather you out of the nations where I sent you and will bring you home again to your own land. Verse 11 says, God says, You it on the screen? Everybody lift up your voices and read verse 11. Ready? Read. For I know the plans I have for you says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future May the Lord, Lord have a blessing to the reading of his word. Let's be seated quickly. You must understand, and I don't have time to go into the whole detail or else I'll, I'm eating up my time. But Israel has sinned against God and they've done it for several years. And they've come to the place where God tried everything to get them out of their situation. But they keep choosing the wrong way. There is, there is different, there's a different motivation or there are different motivations for sin. There's the motivation of ignorance. Uh, I'm doing what I, I'm choosing what I'm choosing because I don't know. There's the motivation of pain, then there's the motivation of rebellion, when I just decide I want to do things my way. Israel was a rebellious nation, God called them stiff-necked, hard-hearted, and many other words, to define for us a people who did not want to be led. So he says to them, what I'm going to do for you is I'm going to send you away captives for 70 years. But I want you to know that the plans that I had for you from the beginning, I'm not going to terminate those plans. I'm going, I want to bring those things to pass. There were several scriptures that, that I read tonight that I could have, or this evening, while I was preparing, that I could have um, made a part of the lesson, but it, we went on all night. It would have been too long. Where God is saying that God was defining or describing himself as an obstinate God, a God that once I made make up my mind, this is the way it's going to be. Not in a negative way, but God says, I want to bless you. I want to help you. I want to give you a future, and I'm going to do it. I am going to do it. I'm gonna get some glory out of your life. I'm gonna make good things happen for you. If I gotta kill you to do it, I'm gonna make sure. God says I'm gonna get the glory out of your life. Amen. Now, in this, if you look at this same text in the King James Version, verse 11 says, "For I know the thoughts I think towards you is what the Lord says: thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end." This is the word hope, something that you look forward to. This word is that word makashah in the Hebrew. And the reason I want to define just this one word is because in it, 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 its it's definition alone tells you what God is talking about. This Hebrew word speaks of intentions. God says, I know my intent for you, the intentions I have for you. There's there's the word plans in there, but there's another word. The word is design. There there are greater words. The word contrivance and and, um, inventions are in there also. God says, there are things I've created just for you that I want to bring into your life. Oh, go in your Bibles now to Psalm, Psalm chapter 40, the 40th Psalm, and verse 5. Um, here we're going to find the word makashibeth again, the word thoughts or plans. And God says, I have intentions for you. Everyone say, God has intentions for me. God intentions say, God has designs on my life. On my life. So, let me trouble you one more time. Say, there is an absolute plan, there is an absolute plan of, God of God for me. For me. Now. You have to understand that before God sent you to the earth, before you were uh, formed in your mother's womb, God knew the entire story of your life. Psalm 139 says so. Every story. Your life is a a story that's been told, it's been written already. And you say, well, what about these mistakes? God already knew them. And he did not come up with a plan B. What he did was he took the good, the bad, and the ugly. He stirred it in the pot and he said, this is what's going to be your heritage. This is going to be your life. Now, I don't know about you, but if you've walked with the Lord any length of time and if, you, if you're about anything and if you're a real person, um, uh, real people will say, there are parts of my life that I wish I could just rip out the book. Yeah. No, no, even a step further, if, if, you're, if you're older, when if, if I say older, older could be anywhere depending on when you start to live. Okay, I started getting high at 13. My brother, matter of fact, I was an uncle at 14. My brother was 13 when he had his first baby. So you understand what I'm saying. So, so by the time you hit 25, you feel old. And regrets are the things that come as a result of not following the leading of God. Even when you're not born again, God is trying to point you in a certain direction. And you, if you turn and rebel against that and choose your own way, the product of that are regrets. Amen. Amen. Regrets. We all have regrets. Now, uh, you may have had a child uh, out of wedlock real early in your life, and you love the child. The child is a blessing, but to you, it's a regret. The child is not the regret, but the fact that you were premature. Because arriving early at any stage is always difficult. Amen? Amen? Now, in Psalm 40, the Bible says, as a matter of fact, look up at verse... 4. Blessed is the man that maketh the Lord his trust, and respecteth not the proud, nor such as turn aside to lies. Many, O Lord my God, are thy wonderful works which thou hast done, and thy thoughts which are to us They cannot be reckoned up in order unto thee. If I would declare and speak of them, they are more than can be numbered." Now go to the New Living Translation. Let's read it, it, that same verse. The word here, thoughts, is the word m- Beth, again, and it's the word for intentions and plans and designs. But it, or, or this is a, it's a different spin, but it's the same thought. Verse five says, "O oh Lord, my God, you have performed many wonders for us. Your plans for us are too numerous to list. Your plans for us are too numerous to list. I wonder what would happen in our lives if we really believed that the plans of God for our lives." are too numerous to list. Oh, Not a plan here and a plan there. You got it? The plans of God for your life on a daily basis are too numerous to list. God, is, God has a plan for you. Yeah. So Pastor Wendell, no, he told me he's trying to. But I'm going to show you tonight what's stopping us. Now, now I've been teaching this. I'm, I'm, I'm taking a different spin on a lesson I've been teaching you. But tonight I, I got a sense in my heart it's going to be real clear. You're going to get this. And I praise the Lord in advance that you're going to get this. Going to, it's going to bless you. Because this is not something you're going to shout on. This is something you're going to move on. You're going to move on this. Some of you have been waiting just for the green light to step on the gas. You, you're, sitting, you're sitting at the light. You're ready to go. You've just been waiting on the word for the Lord. Here be your word. This word's for you. <laughs> Amen. Now watch this. Watch this. This is important. My objective tonight is to help you embrace the future that God has planned for you. In in, in the concept of linear time, your future is a time that is yet to come. It's real simple. The concept is linear time. Linear time, when we speak of linear, we speak of things on a line. Okay? Chronological time. It it is a part of your life that that is yet to come. There's a part that is behind you. There's a part that's before you. And it can be as minute as a second in front of you. You don't know what's going to happen. If you've been paying attention and learning lessons, you could you could measure moments in front of you and say this is going to happen based on this. If, if you go in minutes, even hours, you could say, based on what I know about this and this, I could predict that in two hours I'll be asleep, or in three hours, you know, all things being equal. But you can't go start going into days because you just don't know. You can know what you want to happen, you got it? And based on something that you did on your past, you could predict that it may catch up with you, but you still don't know when and how. Alright? Now, your past, I'm, I, I, if you follow me on Twitter, I, I, I made a statement today that I want to amplify for the sake of this lesson. And I want you to listen to it carefully. Your past wants to become your present. It wants all your todays to look like your yesterdays until you have no tomorrows to look forward to. If that happened, You would have wasted your divine opportunity in this life to live a fulfilled life and make a lasting contribution. You would have failed your course. Your past wants to hold on to you. The enemy is banking on your past holding on to you. But when you read the scripture and take the scripture to heart, God always talks to us in forward motion. Matter of fact, there's there's several things that he said. One scripture, I believe it's in Luke 9, I I don't have it in front of me, but I could quote it to some degree of accuracy. He says, um, if you put your hand to the plow and look back, you're not fit for the kingdom. Once you embrace the the plan that God has for you, the Lord says, I require you to not turn around. Don't look back, don't think back. There's some things that are irreparable. I don't care. I know you feel terrible about them. There's remorse and regret. But even if you were to go back and revisit the moment, it's done. Amen. Can't scramble the egg. Yeah. Wish you had a do-over, but you don't. Amen. And what you have to learn to do with those things is to categorize them where they go. It's one of the things that I just can't touch. It's one of the things that God's hand has to rectify as I move forward. When Moses was at the Red Sea leaving Egypt... Are appealing to God for some assistance. God asked Moses, why are you talking to me? Why are you praying? This is a bad time to pray. He says, speak unto the children of Israel and tell them to go forward. Tell them to go forward. keep on moving. He said, You gotta keep on moving. Because if you stay where you are and pity yourself, it will do you absolutely no
0: good. Stay tuned for more of today's teaching with Pastor Art Ramsey. imagine being filled with a peace so deep that the world around you can't touch it. Pastor Hart Ramsey is on a mission to help believers understand what it means to have a healthy, prayer-based relationship with God. He's doing that through his brand new book titled Seeking Answers, Finding Rest Through Prayer. It's time to trust God enough to make your prayer life truly about Him. Yes. Pick up your copy of Seeking Answers, Finding Rest Through Prayer from Heart Ramsey, available now at Amazon, iTunes, and wherever books are sold. <laughs> Why, yeah. Have you subscribed to Hart Ramsey's Uplift? It's his national text message service, where daily you can hear from the heart of God by way of the man of God. Pastor Hart Ramsey. To receive this daily encouragement, text the word UPLIFT to the number 334-310-4278. Again, text the word UPLIFT to the number 334-310-4278. Uplift your spirit, encourage your heart, and empower your walk. Subscribe today to Hart Ramsey's UPLIFT. Stay connected with Pastor Hart Ramsey on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Hart Ramsey. Now let's get back to today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. I want to point out some, some, some
1: um, very um, much overlooked parts of some scriptures that I read quite a bit. Go to Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 1. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 1. You know these scriptures, but I want to just point out some some things that we overlook in these verses. When you're there, signify by saying amen. If not, just look up on the screen. It says, therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works or faith towards God. And it goes on to describe what's called the foundational principles of the doctrine of Christ. Now, watch this. What I want to point out to you is, if you look at this verse... The, the, there's, a, there's a certain theme that comes in the book of Hebrews when it comes to dealing with God. Notice he says, therefore leaving, and then the next after the comma he says, let us go on. Yes. Leaving and yes. go, uh, let us go on. Notice, notice the, the forward thrust. He, he's talking about spiritual development. We're leaving the, the principles of the doctrine of Christ and going on to perfection. That's what he's talking about, going on to spiritual maturity. But what he's dealing with here, he says you have to leave something... And you have to go on to something else. How many of you see that? Now go to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1. The same theme, different words. Hebrews 12 verse 1, Wherefore seeing we also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which thus so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that set before us. Now look at this now. He says let us lay aside and he said let us run. Let, let us lay aside and he said let us let us run. Your life is about, our life has to be about leaving and going on, laying aside and running on. If you don't adopt that mentality to deal with your life, you're going to find yourself spending whole chunks of your life trying to do penance and trying to make up for stuff that happened in the past. That, that even the things that you do now will never go back and touch that. There's another time. And I want to encourage you because what happens to many of us is that after we, even, even like 24 hours ago, you may have done something that was absolutely stupid. Can't find a uh, deep word. Just, it was just dumb. dumb. <laughs> just made no sense. And after, right after you did it, let's watch this, a minute or two after you did it, you said, you know what, that was so stupid. So now watch this now. A minute or two after you did it, the thing about, listen, hindsight is always... You know, always, you always can, after you've done it. So what are you to do now, build a, build a monument around it? Put a headstone and can bring flowers? No, you have to keep going. You lay aside and you run on. You leave and you let us go on. Now, the reason this is important is because in the scripture, there are several stories that are told to us for our spiritual development. And one in particular, uh, I want to point your attention to. Go in your Bible, to Joshua chapter 13, Joshua chapter 13 and verse 1. Where, where God says something, and we read past it because it's just an introduction to another part of, of, of a lesson that he's, he's teaching through the life of Joshua. But God says something to Joshua, or says something of Joshua, that really grabbed my attention. Remember now, we're working from the premise where God says, the plans that I have for you, if you were to count them all, you'd still be counting. Everybody say, God has plans for me. The fear of many people is that the plans that God has for you are not as good as the plans that you have for yourself. That's what you're afraid of. But now watch this. The whole deal comes down to a thing called fulfillment. Fulfillment encapsulates everything that deals with making, making my life just worth living. Your plan may give you happiness to some degree. But God's plan gives you fulfillment. It causes you to enjoy life across the board. It takes care of every need. You got it? And and the plan of God for your life, it touches areas of your life that are are yet to unfold. God will bless you in this season of life, and it will carry over to another season of life. And if it were were not for the blessing of God in this season of life, you could even make it or endure the, the coming season. That's called fulfillment. You got it? Never be afraid. If the plan of God for your life is that you live a single life, then that's a fulfilled life. Amen. Amen. <laughs> I ain't Touching that. Joshua chapter 13, verse, verse 1. Are you all there? Now notice, I want you to pay close attention to this. The Bible says, Now Joshua was old and stricken in years, and the Lord said unto him, Thou art old, and stricken in years, and there remained yet very much land to be possessed. Notice this now. Joshua was running out of days before he fulfilled his God-given assignment in the earth. He ran out of days. Watch this now. If you read Joshua chapter 1, God says, I'm, I'm giving you the land from, from this Jordan over to the great sea. And by the time he was old and well stricken in years, he had, he had conquered land, but not all of it. And God said to Joshua, He said, Joshua, you got old on me. He said, Man, you can't can't do this. And that's when Caleb Caleb came and said, Listen, I could do, I'm taking my mouth, but Joshua couldn't, he was old. And it makes me think that Joshua was the kind of person, for example, when when they lost the battle at Ai, the Bible says that Joshua was, was, was on his face. And when God actually showed up to him, God said to him, Why get up? Why are you laying on the ground? He said, man, let me tell you what happened. He said, Israel has sinned. Now get up and I'm going to tell you what you need to do. But you can't stay here grieving it. There are some things you can't afford to grieve. You chalk it up. You count it for what it's worth. And you move on. If you're going to study it, study it while you're going forward. If there's a lesson to be learned, it's a mobile lesson. You got it? You don't have time to fool around with, with what I should have done Joshua was on his face and God said, get up. When Samuel was on his face before God over, over Saul's uh, um, dethronement, God says, why are you crying? He said, listen, you're crying can't change what just happened. So get up and go to Jesse's house. I'm going to show you what I want to do. God always wants to show you what he wants to do. Next. And then, listen, when you, when you mess up, when you do dumb stuff, you don't surprise God. No, it was on the calendar. God says, yeah, okay, on this day, okay. Watch this. She's lifting her hands. The tears falling from her eyes, and she loved me. God says, in this moment, her love is real. Her worship is legit. But what she doesn't know is that tomorrow, <laughs> she's going to do something so stupid. She won't be able to even look me in the face. Peter's going to sit with me tonight and say, Lord, is it, is it I? He's going to eat. He's going to stop with me. But I have to tell him you're going to deny me in 24 hours. And Peter, when, when Jesus told Peter, Peter says, me, not me. One of them guys, but not me. So you're going to surprise yourself. Now, now you have attained to a certain level when your stupidity surprises even you. I can tell by the looks on your faces that you've already done it. Yeah, okay. Well, <laughs> Well, let's, let's go with the lesson. But what the lesson is intended to do is to help you move forward. And I'm going to show you that right now, God, God wants you to embrace your future, but there's a way to do it. Okay? Now, the purpose of, we've been talking about meditation. The purpose of meditation is to saturate the heart with images of what God has determined is possible and desirable for you. I want to say that again. The purpose of meditation is to saturate the heart, saturate your heart. With images of what God has determined is possible and desirable for you. Everybody say, for me. Amen. Now watch this now. What's possible and desirable for someone else may not be on God's agenda for me. Amen. In our generation, we teach some foolishness about, you know, well, I'm glad to have you because that means I'm next in line. doesn't necessarily mean you're next in line. The person that just got their blessing, they may have, not, may have had number four. You may be number 400. You don't know. So can't, your relationship with God can't go through another person. You can't, you, can't, you can't measure what God has scheduled for you based on what he did for that person. It has to be between you and God. You got it? Now watch this now. So with the purpose of meditation, I need to saturate my heart with the images of what God has determined is possible for me and desirable for me. Meditation utilizes the power of my imagination to point me in a certain direction. It utilizes the power of of my imagination to point me in the right direction. That is why Satan has invested billions in the porn industry. He's invested billions on on, on this thing, online pornography, because he knows if a man gets addicted to that, if a woman gets addicted to any type of drug, she's she's liable to give herself away. Give a five-year-old daughter to, to somebody for a hit. You got it? The enemy understands the system. The church is so ignorant of it. Satan understands. If I get him to see it, if, if, he, if, he, if he puts it before his eye, he will play it out. It will play out. That's why your sons are in trouble. You got it? Because there's no one harnessing that. No one. Your child knows more about the computer than you do. That needs to change. Now, go in your Bible to Genesis chapter. Matter of fact, just put it on a screen. Genesis chapter six, verse five. I'm on. I'm on a on a mission tonight. I got to get this done. Genesis chapter six and verse five. Meditation utilizes the power of your imagination to point you in a certain direction. Watch this. And God saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth. And that every watch this now, every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. What this verse tells us is that the imagination belongs to the thought life. How did you see this? So when when you deal with your imagination, it's a part of your thinking. It's a part of my thinking. Notice, and this is not the only time, in scripture, consistently the Bible talks about the, the imaginations of the thoughts. Literally, Pictures that come from my thinking. And once your thinking starts to produce pictures, if you, if you know how to, how to manipulate that, you, you will accomplish what you see. For good or for evil. I'm going to show you in the scripture. So the Bible says, God saw that the wickedness of man was great, and that every imagination of the thought of his heart was only evil continually, and it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And God said, the Lord said, I will destroy man, the man who have created now, watch this. The first time that God dealt with man severely during the days of Noah, the reason for this was that God said, watch this. There was one thing about man that God says, God says, this is a problem for me. And you're going to see again when, it, when God mentions this thing the third time in Scripture, every time um, uh, collectively the human imagination is corrupted, God does something to define the moment and change history. That's how powerful your imagination is. When God saw that all, just continually, the imagination was only evil, God said, i got to destroy him. Why is it that God has to destroy all of, all of man because the imagination was messed up? Hmm. Now, look at this. Go to, look at uh, chapter 8, verse 2. The same Genesis chapter 8 and verse uh, 20. Chapter 8 and verse 20. Verse 20. All right. And Noah built an ark unto the Lord, and took of every clean beast and every clean fowl, and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And the, this is after they came out the ark, by the way. And the Lord smelled a sweet savour, and the Lord said in his heart, I will not again curse the ground any more for man's sake, for the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I again smite any more everything living as i have done watch this now god again points uh, points to the fact that he destroyed man from the earth because what his imagination became corrupted everybody say the word imagination Imagination. say it again say imagination Imagination. your listen uh, a meditation deals with the imaging that happens in your mind and you should get to a part a a point in your life of meditation where it's not something you try to do it's something that happens automatically or, or really, what you call daydreaming, is what I call inadvertent meditation. Inver- that, mean, that means it's automatic. When, when, when the things you daydream about are things that are so deep in your consciousness that you don't even have to choo- you don't have to choose to to, um, to think about them or meditate them. You just you're, you're doing something. You just drift off. It takes you over. Anybody know what a daydream is? Yeah, everybody in the room should know, because some of you are doing it now. And the thing you're daydreaming about is something that is on your heart so heavily or something that has your attention so arrested. Maybe something you're looking forward to or you're not looking forward to or something that happened earlier that you may have to deal with later on or something that happened that really got you real good. But, but that's what a daydream is. It's an inadvertent meditation.
0: We hope you've enjoyed today's teaching courtesy of On Course with Heart Ramsey. We invite you to join the NCC family for our weekly services in Dothan and Montgomery, Alabama, and Atlanta, Georgia. For service times and locations, visit our website at nccfamily.org. Again, nccfamily.org. You can follow Pastor Hart on social media at Hart Ramsey on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can follow our church on Twitter at NCC Family, on Instagram at Northview Christian Church and on Facebook by searching for Northview Christian Church. Be sure to join us next time as we dive into God's word and get on course with Hart Ramsey.